It's Friday, y'all. Welcome to episode 12. I'm so excited to be back today. We're going to have a really good conversation. If there has been any indication that you're ready to talk about today's topic, I got it from your feedback on episode 11. On that episode, we had a listener who was pretty confident in his skill set. He cleaned sneakers, um, he shined shoes, but he wasn't quite confident that that was something he could actually monetize and turn into a business. So the conversation that we had was, um, how did he get started? How does he get that started? How does he get that business off the ground? Um, and you all seemed so energized behind his story. I got comments on the episode. I got DMs on the episode. Um, I got even family members texting me. Um, just people just wanting to see and hear what happens next with that listener. So that is what got me to thinking. What can I give to you all as some next steps? If you have a business mind, it's all about getting that concept, getting that out of your head and onto paper. So today we are going to talk about my It's Me approach, I-T-S-M-E. It's a five-step process that helps you, like I said, get that idea out of your head and onto paper. It explains how and why you do what you do, and more importantly, what will set you apart from your competition. Then you take that same information and you expand it into a broader brand story. And then you take that same information and you can turn it into your pitch deck. And it's the pitch deck that really solidifies your business. It's, it's kind of, you know, kind of takes the shape of your business plan. It has all of, the, all of the components that you've already created with your elevator pitch and with the brand story, but goes on to include things like your audience analysis, your launch strategy. Um, you'll start to do some annual projections. You'll do a timeline of what business can look like for the next one to three years. So combined, like I said, this is the type of documentation that you can use in a variety of different ways, you know? It can be that business plan. It can be used as your capability statement. The information can be used on your website, on LinkedIn profiles. Um, you can create a LinkedIn business page. So the places you'll use it are endless, but they really, really begin with just that elevator pitch because as I've already said, that's officially taking an idea out of your head putting it on paper and you actually being to communicate and sell your business, okay? So before we do that though, I need to quickly break down the actual It's Me acronym. The acronym itself is memorable because it helps you remember that this pitch is reflective of who I am. It's me. So this is who I am, flaws and all, it's uniquely me. My story is unique. My business is, well, my, your business concept may not be unique, but the way that you tell your story and how people um, remember your business, that will all be unique because it will be in line with the story you tell. And that's what helps your audience connect with you. So it really is a great place to start. So the I, 
The I is your introduction. You know, you telling me your name, maybe including a tagline. And it goes without saying, of course, that the I should be introduction, but you would be surprised how many people actually forget to say their name or say the name of the business. So we start there. The I is your introduction. Your T can stand for your testimony, your triumph, your trauma, but basically I say it's your truth. It's you know uniquely your story, your truth. So it could be any of those T's, I'll use them interchangeably, but basically that's where you're going to introduce your background, something about your past that brought you to the work and the business that you do today, which takes us to the S, your solution. So the S is where you offer up your skill set as the solution to a problem. Sometimes it's the solution that came out of your own problem. You know, this evolved out of your truth. But sometimes it's something about your truth and your past that pointed out that a solution was needed overall, you know, for your audience. So either way, either talk about yourself as the solution or you can talk about your unique skill set the products and services you offer being a, the greater solution to a problem. The M is mastery. How you're mastering, mastering your craft. So you're gonna talk about your special techniques and your credentials here. And the mastery is important because today, you know, I always like to stress that what we've done in the past doesn't necessarily um, dictate what we do in the future. Some of you are making a career pivot. We've talked about that. You're introducing yourself to a new audience, to a new industry. You're going to be, um, you know, pitching and promoting an uh, entirely new skill set. And you have to talk about that mastery because you still have to sell yourself and you have to prove that you're a subject matter expert. So you have to talk about what makes you a credible subject matter expert in this area of your pitch, okay? So what are you doing today to master your craft? Sometimes it's that you've gone on to get some certifications, some type of licensure. Um, sometimes you've gone on to get a degree, but in the absence of those things, because those things aren't always needed, you know, you have legs to stand on if you are perfecting a skill set and really mastering your craft. So spend some time talking about that. And then the E is the actual effort itself, your expertise, your experience, the actual entrepreneurial effort. Just like the T, the E can be a variety of things. But basically, as long as you talk about your experience here um, or the effort, then your E is covered. All right, so that's the five-step approach, I-T-S-M-E. And for that elevator pitch, it really looks like about a minute of speaking time. So that's about 85 to 100 words. Whereas for your brand story, you're gonna expand that and it's gonna be anywhere from 200 to 300 words. So probably double the amount of time because with your brand story, you're gonna give a lot more background and detail um, that takes up that additional time, a lot more insight into your truth and perhaps a lot more master, uh, a lot more insight into your mastery. All right. So we're not going to jump ahead yet. We're not going to talk about the brand story quite yet, or and certainly not talk about the pitch deck yet. 
because this is the basics. Let's start with that, um, that introduction of sorts. So that elevator pitch. So today I have three great examples that I think we can dissect together in a reasonable amount of time. I'm gonna point out the strengths in these elevator pitches, these introductions, but I'm also gonna point out what I think is missing. And we'll see how the traditional elevator pitch, you know, the elevator pitch as you know it, how it aligns with or is in contrast to my it's me approach, all right? All that coming up on today's episode. Ooh, those FNC words. Change and confidence, child. Two words that are so scary, they may as well be curse words. Let's talk about it. On this podcast, we'll share our stories about hardship and starting over, making professional pivots, ending relationships and friendships, and having the confidence to navigate change. These are real stories and real people from my one-on-one coaching sessions and interviews that will keep us inspired or remind us that things could be worse. So what you hear are the truths, traumas, and testimonies that push us to become the solution instead of just waiting for one. I'm Marcia Cork, the change coach, and this is Ooh, Those F and C Words. The fact that when you work one-on-one with a graphic designer, like you get something that's more customized. You, you, you work one-on-one with that individual, um, something that a lot, a lot of times when you work with bigger firms or bigger companies or something like that, you're working with multiple people and there's a lot of red tape and all that stuff. But when you work with a freelance designer, um, you have that one-on-one, you can do that back and forth and have that, that casual conversation or, um, you know, that, that helps pro- um, progress a project. Um, and, you know, that's, that's big for freelancers because obviously our, our biggest competition is, uh, you know, maybe boutique firms or something like that, or even just uh, bigger companies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really our niche is that we, or at least how I sell it mm-hmm. is that I, I work with the individual um, build a relationship. Um, like it's not just a matter of, oh, I want something pretty. Like, you know, I, you know, I can I work on talking with you to find out exactly what your needs are. And we address that and, you know, all that stuff. So that's kind of like, I guess what my pitch has been in the past is, uh, just saying that, you know, that's the wonderful thing about working with a graphic designer one-on-one, mm-hmm. be it, be it, um, you know, working on book layouts or editorial or anything like that. Um, that's usually my, my go-to. Okay. So you're more of selling the experience that they're going to get working with one person, working with a freelancer versus yes. having to have a more complicated process and not having a point person if they're working with, yes, um, with a, like a, a, larger... a bigger company. Um, or even, even especially with, um, with now with technology and all these websites and, and like Fiverr, Fiverr's blown up, but like when they first came out, um, you know, Fiverr was selling logos for like $5, but you know, you, you were getting clip art and then, you know, your yeah. logo is probably going to look like somebody else's in Minnesota somewhere. So, yeah. um, 
so that was another another aspect of it like like really having something that's customized that's that's yours um not just something that you know somebody just picked out of a book and said oh here's some pretty colors for you like there's actually mm -hmm. strategy behind it okay so do you find that it's more conversational would you say that you don't have something prepared because in those instances it's usually some it's usually built around a conversation you're going to follow or respond according to what they say um, I find that it's more conversational, but I've also had it where I try to kind of work it in, like even, even yesterday, you know, when I had the, the photo shoot, um, like I, I try little tricks to kind of work in, like to make it to make them kind of say, oh, wait a minute, are you a graphic designer? <laughs> you know, like- You're talking about lighting and- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll share my expertise or I'll make a comment or something like that. So it kind of, it kind of works in my favor. So that way I feel like it's more conversational, not forced. Okay. Um, yeah. So how did that go? How did the conversation How'd you work in that you were a graphic designer and sell your sell yourself at the photo shoot? So so yeah, like yesterday. I mean, I wasn't really pitching myself, but I was. I, I did bring it up. I like they were talking about like one of the models, like she lost a button or something like that on her outfit, and she made the comment. She's like, "Oh, I lost a button." And I was like, "Oh, they can Photoshop it in." And, you know, so normally, yes, everyone knows Photoshop, but then I took it a step further. I said, well, you can do the automatic, um, the automatic save and that'll do it for all her, because he was saying that, um, you know, she obviously when you, when you're doing a photo shoot, you're going to do like multiple pictures, but, mm -hmm. um, there's a, an option where you can do an automatic, uh, um, save for Photoshop. And so that's not something that's like privy to, you know, regular people. That's something mm -hmm. that, you know, so that prompted him to say, oh, how, mm -hmm. you know, how do you know that? And I said, oh, I'm a graphic designer. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, in that particular case, you know, I wasn't necessarily pitching myself, but then I also, you know, that also lends itself to them, um, you know, getting on my IG, like this morning, one of the photographers got on my, my um, IG. So, um, so yeah, like, like last night wasn't a pitch, but it's still, again, like it still mm -hmm. kind of builds on to something possibly in the future. Yeah. That's a good approach. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So as we can see, obviously this is not a formal pitch. Okay. Instead, though, she's prepared to have a conversation with these somewhat pre-scripted talking points. So I like this example, and I think we can use it because in most cases, you won't run through your elevator pitch as one continuous you know, monologue. You, you probably won't always just say the whole thing outright. So... This is a good example of how the elevator pitch transfers to conversations, you know, to having these points scripted. It gives you that knowledge base to draw upon. So if you've been listening to the show, then you, you know about that knowledge base that I'm talking about, having content prepared that you can draw on from you uh, when you need it.
So that's what the elevator, elevator pitch is. It's something scripted that you create once and then use numerous times in a variety of different ways. So you can have these scripted talking points that you pull, pull from. So they're gonna be used out of order. It won't always be I-T-S-M-E given in that order. And um, a little bit later, I'll even share my elevator pitch and my brand story so you can see how I use all the components of the It's Me approach, but not in that order, okay? So you'll be able to run through all five components in a way that feels like conversation, like casual banter, you know, in a real, um, real scenario. So here's what I like about her approach to introducing herself and just talking about herself and her skill set in general. Number one, she's always selling. <laughs> so, you know, she takes every opportunity to work in a conversation about being a freelancer, being a graphic designer, and her niche. So she's weaving her experience, mastery, and credibility into the conversation. So the E is there, the M is there. Did you, did you guys hear that? Um, she mentions her knowledge of the Photoshop features. She shares knowledge of how that situation with the model could be handled. All right. What is missing, though, is the background, the truth, the T from my It's Me approach. She doesn't really talk about um, her past. Now, we do hear a bit of how her skill set offers a solution, but not in a way that speaks to um, her past bringing her to the solution. So I'd really like to hear that because I think it'll be more effective in making both her and her skill set memorable. It would help for recall. It would um, maybe even be effective to use a customer's past experience in this case. Like, you know, she mentions Fiverr. So maybe one of her customers has had a bad experience working with Fiverr or working with a larger agency and that's, you know, soiled their experience. So she could talk about how she empathized with them so much and what made her decide to really highlight her experience of offering this one-to-one -one solution, you know? Can you hear that? Can you see the difference in how that really just changes the appeal of her service and makes people want to gravitate toward that really personalized experience with my, with working with my freelancer one-to-one, -one, you know, you can see the difference in that appeal when you include some truth, some background, some personal story that shapes the way that you do business today. And then, of course, we don't hear an introduction, you know, we don't hear her introduce herself, give her name, a tagline, or anything like that, because for this example, in these scenarios, you know, she's already in the company of her audience, so to speak. So they're past the introduction stage. And we don't hear a call to action at the end. Uh, and I'm glad I need to I need to point that out because the way that you close, I haven't really talked about the way that you close. When you talk about your business, when you talk about your experience, the actual entrepreneurial effort, you want to make sure there's some call to action as you wrap up that conversation. You want to tell them what to do next. You want to point out where they can find you, you want to give your contact information, you know, maybe you point them to social media profiles or to an email address, maybe you give them a link um, to how to schedule a consultation, something like that, but they should, you should always close out with some call to action. 
So for her, we want to, you know, make sure she says something like, let's make sure we exchange contact information after this, or, um, you know, and let me know if some of your customers need a consultation, I'd be glad to, you know, coordinate a one-to-one with them or maybe with the three of us, you see? So you definitely want to close that out with the introduction, all right? So this was a good example. So it's a, I probably should have did this example last <laughs> because we can see how the, the, the components of the It's Me approach can be used, but how they can be used conversationally. All right. Okay, let's listen to another example. Do you have a child in grades K through five that although he or she is a very smart, very bright child, very hard worker, continues to struggle with reading in the classroom? Would you agree that as a parent, that investing in your child's education is one of the most important decisions that you will make in your child's life? Do you wish that you had a reading specialist to work with your child that has classroom experience and is also trained in the latest reading techniques and strategies and also understands an IEP a 504 plan, RTI, dyslexia, and knows how to work with those things, and also that would be willing to partner with you, with your child's teachers, and with your child's therapist to come up with the most effective plan to help your child? Well, if you answered yes to those questions, then you sound like a great candidate for CLH Tutoring Services, LLC. All right. So this one is more of what we would put together as an elevator pitch, you know, more of a structured elevator pitch. So let's see. We had the M for sure, master, mastery and credibility for sure. We can definitely hear the extent of her experience in this elevator pitch. Yes. Did you all hear that? There is something in this person's work history, you know, working with these unique populations that makes for a beautiful story. You know, she can share a, some really good stories about the families that she works with. That would be great for getting the tea in there. Right now, the tea isn't in there. I think the solution is obvious. The S is obvious, but the T, I, I can guarantee that what drove her to providing this very holistic, you know, comprehensive tutoring structure is probably based on <laughs> some past experience with, you know, a specific student or specific family or several families. Or, you know, maybe there was a gravitational pull for her to be more hands-on with families because working for a larger institution, maybe she wasn't able to do that. You know, we couldn't have that that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, very much like the previous example that we gave. So if she were to expand that into a brand story, that tea, that truth, that background is what she's going to want to include, you know, as that testimony. Can you feel that? Can you feel the difference? Can you feel how much closer to her experience you would be if you were a potential client? You know, this is great 
content for transferring into a brand story. This, this particular pitch makes for a beautiful brand story. So working with this example and with this format that is very much a traditional elevator pitch, how that looks as my it's me approach is probably more, more like, um, my name is so-and-so, you know, you're gonna give your name. And I'm a, concept, a comprehensive reading specialist. I have classroom experience. I have specialized experience working with 504 plans, IEBs, um, cases of dys dyslexia. And several years ago, and you might, you know, specify how many years, because that's also part of that, that credibility, you know, telling us your credentials, how many years you've been in the business. So you might say, you know, seven years ago while working in the public school system, I met a family and then you would tell that family's unique story, that emotional story. And then you'd say, and that stayed with me. You know, that experience shaped how I offer service to my clients. And now I, and then explain what it is that you do, you know, what sets you apart from others, what sets your tutoring service apart from the others. And then of course, you're gonna cl close out with that call to action. So call me at, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero <laughs> to schedule your complimentary consultation and to book an assessment or, you know, whatever her next steps would be, okay? Do you hear that? Do you hear the difference and just how much more connected to that story you might be? All right, let's listen to one more. I'm the president and CEO of KRE Enterprise LLC. We are a full service design and build firm for residential construction. Our goal here at KRE Enterprise is to provide quality architectural services for mid to lower income families, families who believe that they are not in the market for hiring a qualified architect to provide that design services for their renovations and new home projects. If you're looking for a great solution to build your new home or to renovate your existing home, please give us a call. K Redesigns. Okay, so introduction, check. Says his name, says the name of the business. You all didn't hear the name because that part got edited out, but it's in there. Um, so just remember when you're actually doing the pitch, you wanna also tell how you're connected. I don't think I've said that yet. So, okay, let me, let me point that out. Um, it's good for, it's, it's, it's a great technique. It's really helpful for establishing a connection when you can refer to you know, how we might know each other, right? We wanna tell how we're connected, who referred me, how I found you that turns a cold lead into a warm lead, right? you know? So this is the first time that you've reached out. This is the first time that you've, you know, found yourself on the elevator with this person, or maybe you strategically placed yourself in the elevator with this person. It's good to set some common ground. So, um, you know, in this case with construction projects, usually being referrals, it's very helpful to, to say, you know, um, so here I am, I, you know, I'm from Kyrie Enterprises, so-and-so recommended me, you know, that type of thing. So that's going to vary from example to example, but, or case from one pitch to another, but yes, 
try to create some common ground, try to refer to how we know each other, whether we went to school together, whether we were in a networking group together, that kind of thing. All right. All right. So moving on. So we definitely do hear his E. We hear his experience and the actual enterprise. Um, we hear a solution. We hear a solution to a very relatable problem, actually, that lower and middle middle income families feel, you know, marginalized and don't have access to affordable design build options. I like that. But again, since this is a traditional elevator pitch, it's lacking that memorable emotional, uh, you know, the emotional pull and that appeal that his tea, you know, his truth, um, a testimony would would give us. So like in the other example I've, examples I've given, we need that relatable truth. So maybe there's um, something from his youth. If he came from humble beginnings, you know, and he could see growing up the structural differences um, or the repairs that were needed in his home or in his community that he didn't observe in higher income areas, you know, or in public buildings. And maybe that's how he was drawn to wanting to provide equitable design and build options at affordable rates, right? But then, but how's that possible? How's that possible? So that can be his M, the mastery. How, how can he explain, you know, how over the years he's found a way to keep rates down, you know? How does he source differently? How and where do we get these cost savings? How has he made that possible? To you know, really spell that out would say a lot about his mastery and credibility. Okay, so he's, he should expand on that unique selling point in his solution and mastery areas, all right? And then of course, we want him to close out with next steps. You know, call or email me at, um, you know, give the email address, give the phone number to, you know, schedule my visit to your home, something like that, some call to action. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, three great examples. And do you see how my technique differs from the traditional elevator pitch, you know, where there's room to offer detail and really persuasive appeal to, you know, an otherwise just fact and feature driven elevator pitch, you know, we're not doing that anymore. We don't want that. We can see how this truth and giving some background, talking about your past, how your past has brought you to where you are present day and the work that you're doing present day and how you offer a solution and how you're applying that solution to the future. This pitch, the brand story, you know, all of that is really following a past, present, future format right? What is it about my past that shaped the work I do today and what am I going to do in the future, right? So this technique is effective because the more senses you engage, the more people remember you and the more they remember your brand. And the only way to do this really is by adding, you know, adding that background because that background information is what activates the senses. So now we're talking about you know, sensationalizing, that's what this is. Can I now, from your story, can I visualize my youth and my personal experience as you tell the story? Okay, so from the examples that we give today, does 
Um, does it trigger a familiar smell that I remember, you know, from the rundown corner store in my community? Can I feel the heat in my room that still needs air conditioning? <laughs> um, does your pitch trigger a memory? Um, does, is there a memory that I have of struggling while reading out loud, maybe feeling self-conscious or feeling judged by a classmate? Okay, when, when, um, when our reading specialist is giving her pitch, can I see my child struggling in this way? You know, is it taking me back to my own youth, seeing myself struggle? So, you know, this is, this is, this is how this all comes together. And remember the T, the T in this process, that's, that's really the hardest, but it's the most effective because it's precisely what's going to make you more memorable. Right. And probably as I was telling those stories, you were probably visualizing or maybe did visualize as we, you know, were dissecting these elevator pitches, having some memory. So the, 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 the sensationalizing that works. It is a very effective appeal. And again, you only get that by telling a story. So talking about that truth, and giving a testimony, some insight into your past. OK, it's putting yourself out there and letting the people who connect with that story gravitate toward you and you know, become your new audience, your tribe. So I think this is a good place to stop. This is a long conversation, you know, the it's me approach because it's a stackable technique that I apply to you know, so many different areas. So it's a long discussion. I think we're gonna do this in two parts because I also wanna talk about how we apply the same technique, you know, the elevator pitches and brand stories how we apply them to the traditional job hunting process. Cause we've really just been focusing on the entrepreneurial side, but yes, this applies to the traditional job hunting process as well. And I'm also gonna talk about it from a more, um, from a more theoretical perspective about why the It's Me approach works, okay? So in the meantime, send me your questions related to the It's Me approach. We can tackle them in a future episode of our Monday MC Q&A. Before we go, special shout outs to the entrepreneurs who shared their introductions today. I'll include some contact information in the show notes. And that's a wrap. Happy Friday, everyone. Get that business out of your head and on paper this weekend with the It's Me approach. And please reach out to me with questions. Let me know how this process is going for you. You can follow and DM me on Instagram and TikTok now at It's Marcia Cork. And you can email me at marcia at marciacork.com or click the link in the show notes to record that audio message I keep talking about. All right. See you on Monday, MCs. Bye.